Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. Give it up for Jared one more time. We're just giving it up for everybody. Oh, man. So we are in a series that's all about what? Love. Love. February is the month of what? Love. Love. Come on. like Say it like you mean it. Say it like it's Valentine's Day night. <laughs> Every service fell apart. Like, come on, love with a little growl. Like, is, is how it should be. Man, it, I mean, it's so appropriate that we're here, that we're, uh, that we're dedicating children today, families who love their kids, and we're talking about love here at the church. We're, we're talking about God's love. And, uh, you know, in the English language, there's only one word for love. What is that word? Love, okay, yeah, we got it. So, uh, so there's only one word, but actually in the, original, uh, in the original writings of the Bible, they're not, it wasn't originally written in English, obviously. It was in different languages. And in those languages, there were multiple different words that meant different kinds of love, right? And so the problem it, it happens, it's literally there's a problem in the translation because when we read the Bible, we read the word love, but in, in a lot of places in the Bible, it doesn't mean what we think it means. And so, uh, so we're taking the next two weeks to talk about the three different kinds of love that we most commonly see in the Bible. And, uh, and we're kind of breaking it down. Uh, I think it's going to be fun today as we talk about them. There's three different ones. They're, they're, these are the names phileo love, eros love, and agape love. You don't have to repeat them right now. Don't worry. I'll make you do it later. And, uh, and so I'm looking forward to, to sharing what the, I felt the Lord put on my heart tonight. So let's bow our heads and let's, let's get ready to go. Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you again for these parents, these families, and these little boys that were dedicated today. What an awesome, awesome privilege it is to be part of that with them. And God, we just pray that those boys do grow to love you, to know you, and to live for you. So God, uh, tonight as well, we thank you that you love each one of us, that you have a purpose and a plan for us, that you have direction for our lives. And so God, tonight as we get into your word, as we talk about what you really mean by loving one another, Lord, that you will help us to examine our hearts and the way that we live. Help us to grow closer to you. God, give us ears that hear, hearts that understand, and minds that desire to live like you and to live for you. And God, let these words tonight not be my own words, but the words that you need me to share with everybody in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in the book of John, everybody say John, uh, we read about Jesus uh, talking about love. Actually, John was one of the guys who traveled around, saw Jesus do what he did, and he, he wrote a lot about this, this subject of love. In the book 1 John, uh, he wrote that God is love, okay? So he's the first one who ever like, made this statement that God the Father, God Almighty, was actually love. And so this really, if you remember the last couple of weeks, this really messed with people's minds because they never had known of a God or experienced a God that they worshiped that was a loving God. Every God, uh, the, the pagan gods and also the Hebrew God, they were more, uh, they were more like gods of commandments and either blessings or punishment, depending on if you followed the rules. And so this concept of God being love really like opened this whole like Pandora's box of change in, in the world and in this, this faith system that they were in. And, uh, 
And so John also records Jesus literally saying some really specific, profound things about love. In, in the book of John, which is one of the four records of Jesus' life, uh, John records Jesus saying this, just like this. John 13, 34, it says, Jesus said, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Verse 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you what? Love one another. Jesus makes it really clear, makes it really clear that the way people will know that you're a disciple is if they see the love of God, his kind of love, coming out of you. To be a disciple, you have to love one another. You have to. And uh, this, is, this is actually a pretty profound statement. And I want to just, again, do a quick recap from last week, just to add in, if you weren't here, that when Jesus said, a new command I give you, he threw everybody for a loop. Imagine if you were a, an ancient Jewish person, person back in Jesus' day, and your, everything that you believed forever was all about the old law that Moses got, the Ten Commandments and the 600 or so other rules that, that Moses was given from God back in, in the beginning. For thousands of years, generation after generation of your people had always only followed those commands. And now this, this hotshot guy comes out and says, I have a new command for you. This, this threw people for a loop. Like, who is this guy I think he is that he can have a new command? But what, what Jesus really does is he, he flips the whole script, like with the whole thing. He flips it over, and, and he, he takes it from being a, a, a faith of rules and laws into a faith of love. Everybody say love. love. Yeah. So I want to talk, uh, well, so if, if Jesus talks about loving people, we need to know what kind of love he's talking about, right? Especially if there's different kinds in the Bible, what is he really talking about? Because uh, when we think of love in today's context, it doesn't always look like what Jesus might be talking about. And, uh, and so I want to look uh, specifically at these three kinds of loves we, we see in the Bible and, and break them down. So the first type of love I want to talk about is called phileo love. Everybody say phileo fish. Okay, if you, now you know how to say it. Phileo, phileo fish, right? Phileo love. Phileo love is equivalent to what we might call brotherly love, okay? And, and so this kind of love can be uh, love for, for like an object like, like I, or, or something you do. Like, I love to hunt. No response. All right. I, uh, I, so like, I love my wife. Yeah, that's better. That's better. You know, so like, so this kind of love, this kind of love is, is actually phileo, the, word, the Greek word phileo def, defined, broken down, it, there's the, it says these things. It says to approve of or to like, to sanction, to treat affectionately or kindly, to welcome, to befriend. This is the kind of love that this is. And, uh, and again, it's, it's things like, you know, I love to hunt and fish. I love to spend time with friends. You love that your kids went to school one day last week. Um, you would really love if they went to school tomorrow. Um, and so this love, though, this word is only found 25 times in the Bible. Now, I would like to again say that really only these three kinds of loves are, are, are co commonly found in the Bible. And phileo love is only found 25 times. So, and you think about how many times the word love is in the Bible, right? It's all over the place. Okay, so 25 times, and it's still one of the top three 
Um, I want to look at a couple of the scriptures where this love is found, this word is found. Matthew 10, 37 says this. Jesus says, these are red letters, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now, this seems kind of counterintuitive, right? Like God, is, he wants us to love people. Like you think like your parents or your child, they're, they're a one another, right? Love one another. They've got to be one. And I mean, we just did baby dedications. I hope those parents love their children and that those babies are going to eventually, hopefully, love their mom and dad. No, they will. But, but like this seems wrong. It seems like Jesus should be saying, whoever loves their father and mother loves me. But that's not what he says. See, the problem in translation is when we read that scripture, we think that the scripture is about the mother and the father. But it's not. It's about the word love. If you and I were standing with Jesus, if we were standing there when he said it, he would have said, if you phileo your mother or father. I know that in English that sounds really horrible, like cut him up, like it's a horror movie. No, phileo means love, right, in, in this language. Jesus would have said, said a word like, you know, if you phileo your mother or father more than me, then you're not worthy of me, okay? The emphasis was not on mother and father or who you might love or what you might love. It was on the kind of love found that Jesus was talking about. And so he's saying, if, if you are like totally focused and consumed and obsessed and, and, and in love with, I guess, these people, you can't be totally consumed and in love with me. Okay? So this is phileo love. And uh, Jesus said, love one another just as I have loved you. This must not be that kind of love. Because why would he say, you're not worthy of me? Okay? So here's another one. Uh, same, same word, phileo, is uh, John 12, 25. It says, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Again, this doesn't make any sense. Though Jesus also says, I, am, I come to bring you life and life more abundantly. The Bible talks about how he gave us this life. So I'm supposed to hate it? Like, this doesn't make sense. But again, in translation, we just read the word love, and we, we glaze over this word love, and we start focusing on this life of ours that it seems to be talking about. I love or hate my life. But that's not the thing. Again, if you were with Jesus, you would have heard him say a word that to, to you then would not have meant love in the way that he was saying love one another. It would have been love about being obsessed with your own life, focused on your own life, more than you're focused on him. Okay? So you guys following me? You phileoing me? See what I did there? You guys, are, you, it's weak tonight. You guys are weak tonight. We'll get there. This is gonna be, it's going to get better, I promise. Um, <laughs> but uh, in both these cases, it's referring to loving something more than loving God. And, and Jesus uh, Jesus said, love others as what? I have loved you. Love others as I have loved you. So if that's the case, and this isn't the kind of love, then, then, then what does that mean? Love others as I have loved you. Jesus, I, let me give you a piece of the puzzle here tonight. Jesus loved other people on behalf of God. Let me, let me explain this, okay? Jesus was like a funnel or a conduit of the love of God. 
He, he, he was not there just to love you on his own. He was there to bring the love of God to other people. And, and this is the thing. If we love our family more than we love God, then we're not a channel for God's love anymore. We're a channel for our own love. If we love our life more than we love God, it's the same thing. We're, we're, just, a, we're just a whole big ball of our own love. And, we, and if, we, if it's all about our own love, then it's not about God's love. So phileo love is not necessarily bad, but it's not the kind of love Jesus was talking about. Interestingly, in most cases where phileo, the word phileo is found talking about love in the Bible, it's used in these same kind of comparisons where if you phileo love something more than God, then, then you don't love God or you're, you're far from God or not worthy of God. It's interesting that that word is found there. Again, not necessarily wrong, but... But it's not what Jesus meant when he said love one another. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're my one another. (laughs) Why is it that every time I do this, everybody mumbles? All you have to do is say it to each other and look at me, okay? Like, that's it. We move on. We move on. (laughs) It's so awkward. Speaking of loving someone, we're going to go to our next kind of love. uh, And that is eros love. Everybody say eros Say like eros. You got to roll the art a little bit because it's it's eros love is romantic love. Now now say it again. Go eros. Roll your R a little bit. Eros love. Yeah. And then growl. <laughs> February is the month of what? It's the month of love. Men, do you have a Valentine? Have you figured out what you're doing for Valentine? Silence, like, like a little bit of mumbling. Uh, I can tell you what you could do. It's Oasis on Valentine's Night. Ladies' ministry. You hear all those ladies who are going, woo, that means watch the kids. I want to go to Oasis on Valentine's Day. And when I come home, we'll eros love each other. <laughs> what? It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, man, so romantic. But really, really, uh, one meaning that people have for the word love today in society is romance or intimacy, right? That's where we get the phrase like, uh, we're making love, or let's make love, or uh, one of my personal favorites, boys to men, I'll make love to you like you want me to, and I'll hold you tight. Come on, baby, all through the night. Come on, you love boys to men. When you think about Eros love, you think about boys to men. Second service, somebody's like, I don't, like from the middle of the group. And I was like, well, I do. (laughs) This this kind of love is Eros love. Turn to the person you love and say, I Eros you. Okay. No? Uh, That's probably good. That's probably good. So you say, I eros your haircut. <laughs> Look at they're both like turned away from each other. I am going. It's great. Oh my goodness. So the the term eros came from the Greek god of love and sexual desire and attraction. That's where the term came from eros and in the roman god that was a counterpart to that was cupid okay so this is where this come from comes from and um and actually you won't find the, this word in the bible interpreted love anymore it was 
but it's not anymore. Um, actually, the interpreters, uh, instead of using the word love, went back through the Bible and they changed the interpretation. And they changed it because of the Bible's stance on purity and, and stance on sexual immorality. So actually, where you would have found the word love in your Bible, now you find the word like sexual immorality, lust, um, things like that. And so it, you, won't, you won't find this word used, love, used as love in the Bible. Um, though the Bible is, has many references to this kind of uh, romance or things like that, read the, the book Song of Solomon. It con contains a lot of inappropriate things. Um, but, but it's in the Bible, amen? Um, but, uh, but again, this isn't what Jesus was referring to when he said love one another, because that would be awkward. Um, but, but the reality is, is when, when the pagan people, the people who didn't believe this way, uh, would go and worship the god Eros at the temples, this is the way that they would honor God. It was through sexual immorality and impurity um, there at the temple. And so, so again, this is very, we, we don't live in Jewish culture 2,000 years ago. To them, this word meant something that was specific. It meant in relation to the sexual impurity and these, this, this stuff like that. So, uh, so anyway, it's not what Jesus was talking about when he said love one another. It was something different. But before I move on to talk about what Jesus was talking about or referring to, I want to talk about this Eros love for a few more minutes. Um, honestly, Eros love is, is something that's not necessarily bad. It's not wrong. Romance is a good thing. But, uh, but it is something that's been completely abused and misunderstood in our society today. Um, physical, sexual love has become some sort of bargaining chip in relationships. Like you're not officially in a relationship unless you've been intimate with somebody. And this just... This is just not the way that we're supposed to live. This is not the way that, that God intended even this kind of love to be. And uh, in our like fast food society, just everything has to happen right away, and then we can move on together. But that's not, that is not the way the Lord intended it. Um, this is kind of embarrassing, but I, I don't care. I love to embarrass myself. Um, the other night, my wife and I, we were sitting down to watch some TV, and uh, because we, we do love to watch TV. It's a, it's a bad habit. We should have fasted that. Um, but uh, we sat down. We didn't have really any shows that we wanted to watch. And so, you know, we're sitting there. And, and I don't know about you, but uh, years ago, we used to watch the show The Bachelor. I know. That's what's embarrassing. That's the embarrassing part here is that I, uh, and all you guys are like, oh, I don't watch it. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> yes, you do. And if you're saying, no, I don't, you're a liar and sinner. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but she makes me watch it. No, you're like, um, so anyway, we haven't watched it in a long time. Uh, but I do admit that we used to. Uh, so we're sitting there. We don't have any TV shows we want to watch. And I remember seeing the, uh, like the previews for this season, that this guy is a virgin, right? And so then it's like, it's got my wheels spinning. Like, okay, so he's a virgin. He's on The Bachelor. How's this going to work out? And I'm like, and I look at my wife. I'm like, honey, you want to watch The Bachelor? She's like, who are you? And, I, and she's like, but yeah, okay. And uh, so, uh, so he's supposed to be a virgin. And they're like, he's so, he's so pure. He's all these things and all that stuff. I don't know how many times. It was an hour and a half show because we use uh, Apple TV. So, you know, commercials aren't a thing. And, uh, and we're I don't know how many times I turned to her and said, this dude is a virgin? 
This is, this is the world's version of purity. Dude kissed every girl on the show in one, ha- one and an hour and a half long show. I mean, this is, this is crazy that this is the way that we see virginity now is that, that you just do everything except for I, I have sex and, you're, and that, that it's, you're still just as pure as a flower in a beautiful field. Like, like What? So, so even the world's view of purity has shifted, and, and he, oh, he's such a great guy. There was a girl on the show, this broke my heart, there was a girl on the show, and uh, you know how, like when they do the interviews, it comes up, like, this is Laura, she lives in San Francisco, and she is a telemarketer, or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> which she probably is, um, and <laughs> I was going to say something I'm not going to say. Uh, so this next girl comes on, her, and, and I don't remember her name, uh, but her, her job title is Never Been Kissed. Like this, is, I don't know what her real job is. Everybody else has a job. She's never been kissed, okay? And, and as I'm watching this episode of the show, he kisses her. I know. I know, right? But I'm thinking, what a great guy. This is something this girl has. She's like 24. And you're like, that's weird. If you think that's weird, maybe you're weird. Ouch. Oh, I didn't, okay. Simmer a little bit. Let that, let that sink in. Um, guy kissed every girl on the show, and he kisses this girl. How much do you think that kiss meant to him? Nothing. But to her, it meant everything. Yet in our society today, that doesn't even matter. We see the title on her. Name, and we think, oh, she must not have a job, and she's never kissed anybody. Like, what a loser. Loser? It's just, we got, this, we got this all messed up. You remember last week I talked about, or talked about I briefly mentioned it, that Jesus made this new command to love one another. And, and what Jesus did when he gave this command is he moved our covenant with God basically from this rule-following covenant into a covenant where we say, I'm going to love God and I'm going to love and value other people. And if I love the Lord and if I value other people that much, if I value her so much, I, I will not choose to do something that the Lord would, would, would look at me and say, what are you doing to her or with him for that matter? And I don't know about you, but the problem with, and, and not that I'm saying there's a problem with the Old Testament, but the problem with that kind of mentality of just, uh, we're just in this to follow the rules mentality is we're always kind of looking over our shoulder at God and going, I wonder if I've crossed the sin line yet. I don't know about you, but um, when I was growing up, I was taught that it's a sin to have sex. And so I spent all of my uh, adolescence looking over my shoulder going, I haven't crossed the sex line yet. How close can I get to it without getting in trouble? How close can I get to the line w- w- before God says, uh, not well done, my good and faithful servant, right? This is not the kind of relationship that God wants with us. This is, not, this is not us loving God the way that he loved us. This is us looking over our shoulder, looking eye to the sky and going, hey, does the master notice that I'm this close to the line? And this is what I feel like we've done with this, this Eros love, with this, this whole thing. We're, 
We're just in this mentality that I'm going to get as close to sin as I can get without crossing the line. And yet, and yet even though I've done all of these things, I'm still, I'm still okay in the eyes of God. And Jesus, he, he changes it so there's no more loopholes. See, that was a loophole. When it was this, this, this black and white line of, of you know, sexual immorality is basically having sex then there was this loophole of I could, I could fit into this space right before crossing the line. But when Jesus says, a new command I give you, love other people the way I've loved you. When he says, love your, what's the most important commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as what? Yourself. He changes it and he makes it so that there's no longer any loopholes. It's not about how close can I get to sin without sinning. It's now about how much can I love other people and love the Lord. It's complete, complete change of mindset. I, I, want, I want to just say this about Eros love. This is the kind of love so many people are searching for because they think it's going to be fulfilling. But I want, I want to point out Eros love is not constantly fulfilling. Eros love is situational. It's situational. Whether you're, you're in a dating relationship and you're looking for that romantic love, it's situational because that romantic love is not there 100% of the time. If you're, if you're married in a married relationship, you're not constantly feeling romance. And if you're hoping that someday when you do get married, you'll constantly feel romance, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> it's true. I love that everybody's laughing. That wasn't supposed to be funny, but ha, 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 ha. It's true. See, if you're looking for a love that's going to be continual, that will last forever, that will be there in every circumstance, you're looking for God's love. God's love is continual. No matter if you're at the lowest place in your life, no matter if you're struggling, you feel worthless, God's love can be there to pick you up. No matter if your relationship is broken or your heart is broken, God is there to mend your heart. No matter how far you can walk away from the Lord, God's love is right there chasing you down the entire way. God's love is continual. It never ends. It will never give up. If you're here today and you feel like your life is worthless, you need God's love. You don't need somebody else's love. You don't need to be the object of somebody's obsession. You don't need phileo love. You don't need romantic love. That's not, I know that's what you think you need, but that's because that's what the world has told you that you need. What you really need is you need God's love in your life. Because that is the kind of love that gets you through situations. That is the kind of love that breaks through barriers. That is the kind of love that breaks bondage that's, that's tearing you down. That is the, the kind of love that overcomes self-worth issues. Nothing else can do it. It's also the kind of love that can give you life. It is also the kind of love that can bring you peace and joy. It is also the kind of love that can show you your purpose. I could go on and on. I could keep you here till late, the late hours of the night and add so many things to it is also the kind of love. We need God's love. Coincidentally, tonight, I'm not going to talk anymore about God's love, <laughs> at least not according to what we were, the, the third kind of love. I'll do that next week. But I want to wrap it all up with this. 
Jesus says that if we love something or someone more than him, that we're not worthy of him. That was the first kind of love, phileo love. Also, if you've been trying to walk the line of obeying God, I've got to ask you tonight, do you really love God? Now, I'm not trying to slam you tonight. And by the way, I would like to point out that when I was talking about sexual impurity and eros love, I never said, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. Instead, I held my hand up and said, this is what I did. Because we've all sinned. We've all got, we don't all have the same problem, but we all have problems, right? I'm not here to tell you you're a sinner. I'm here to tell you that you're loved by God. None of that stuff matters if today you say, I accept you, Jesus. None of that stuff needs to even walk out of this building with you if you're willing to say, I'll follow you, Jesus. Next week, I'm going to talk about the third kind of love. It's called agape love. It's the kind of love that God has. And I want to ask you to do something for me. I want, I want you to think about somebody right now who you know needs to be here to hear about the love of God. This week, I want you to invite a friend to come to church. It's not a ploy for me to fill up the seats. I don't care. That doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that people know how much they are valued, how much their life matters. You know somebody who needs to be here to hear about how valuable they are, about how much God really cares about them. And they need to know that you care about them the way that God cares about you. That would be exactly the commandment that Jesus said. Go show someone that you love them the way that he's showed you that he loves you. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for all these people in this room Lord, that you, you have such an incredible plan for their lives. And Lord, I thank you that you're the kind of God whose heart breaks when you know that our heart is breaking. God, that you, that you see everybody's situation, that you don't desire that they're in pain or in frustration or in heartbreak or in those low places of their life, but God, that you desire that they have a fulfilling life. God, I, it is so incredible that you sent Jesus to die on the cross, to defeat the grave, to rise again. Not, not just so we could you know, follow some religious rule, but so that we could have life that's filled with your kind of love. So today, God, I just pray that there's some people in this place who are realizing that maybe they've been getting this love thing all wrong. Maybe they've been searching for love in all the wrong places. And that they realize today that your love is right here, right now available to them. With everybody's eyes closed, if you're here and you know that your life is far from God, you know that you're walking down the wrong path, that the way that you're living is, is not the way that God wants you to live, I want to tell you that you need Jesus in your life. If you feel like you are unworthy, that your life is a mess and it's so far gone that, that nothing can bring you back from it. I promise you, you can come back from it, but you need Jesus. If you feel like you have no purpose and no direction, if you feel lost in your life, you need Jesus. And it is only Jesus who can bring you to fulfill the destiny he has for you and to give you eternal life and, and all the things that, that the Bible talks about all the things that Jesus shares with us. 
So if that's you today and you're in this place with everybody's eyes closed and you know you need Jesus and you want Jesus in your life, right now, right where you're at, just lift your hands up. Is there anybody? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome. The ushers are just handing you guys envelopes. They have some information for later. If you are at home and you're sitting on your couch watching or you're running on the treadmill, if you know you need Jesus and you want Jesus right now, raise your hand up. I can't see your hand, but God can see it and he can see your heart. He wants to be part of your life. All right. So we're going to say a prayer in just a minute. The Bible is very clear. It's a very simple way that we ask Jesus to be Lord of our lives, to be in our lives as we confess or we declare with our mouth that he is Lord. But that has to come from a place in our heart where we desire relationship with him and where we choose to trust that he has greatness in mind for us and that we will follow him where he leads us to go and how he leads us to live. So we're going to pray together and together we're going to welcome you into the family of God. So repeat these words after me. Say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross, defeat the grave, and to rise again so that I could be saved. I was a sinner and I needed forgiveness. Thank you for giving me forgiveness. Today I receive it. I choose to make Jesus Lord of my life. I choose to live for Jesus every day of my life. Lead me into the life you created for me and speak to me as I choose to listen for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.